Hi, I'm Randy Greenwald, the host of Great Hearts Table. Since this post is being released on July 4th, I have the Beatles floating around in my head. You say you want a revolution? We all want to change the world. I want to give some thought to that, because we do want to change the world. But if we're honest, we realize how naive that can be. A vision for the church that is local, organic, and vibrant is a beautiful and a needed one, but to think such a vision could ever capture the hearts of more than a few feels impossible. Perhaps it is, but revolution always feels impossible. Let's think about that. And thanks again for joining us around Great Hearts Table. It was such a great treat a few months ago to have coffee with a young pastor, a man who had studied at Reform Seminary and had attended my church a decade ago. A wedding brought him back to town and allowed us to catch up. He was thriving in his ministry. And so I asked him, what was it about pastoral ministry that really appealed to him? He spoke about how he loved to preach and to care for people. He glowed as he spoke about meeting with people face to face and how he was seeking training and counseling to improve his skills in that area. But then he added, I know I'm supposed to think bigger than that. When I pressed him to explain, he said that he felt he was supposed to be more invigorated by strategies and growth and the like. In other words, the ecclesiastical culture we inhabit was telling him that simply being a pastor was not enough. That makes me both sad and angry and moves me to want to overthrow the entire system. We need a revolution to liberate the vocation of pastor from its bondage to the constraints of American entrepreneurship, no matter how difficult this may prove to be. We've been nurtured on the idea that churches are to be slick, growing, shiny things. This mentality is so deeply ingrained as to seem impregnable. Still, there is a faint but growing heartbeat for something other. I hear it from people who show up at my church. I hear it elsewhere as well. At the end of the episode titled Demon Hunting in the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast, Mike Cosper contrasts current American church culture with the ethos of a monastery. He muses, quote, The heart of the community is the rhythm, the desire to place your life before God at a steady pace, to trust he's doing work over that long, slow obedience. This commitment to a way of life is a provocative contrast to the hype, entertainment, and expressions of power that drive much of evangelical life. He said this in conversation with charismatic theologian Sam Storms, who noted that this is the kind of vision, quote, that might not sell, that might not fill conferences, that might not get people to listen to your podcast. It's not sensational. And Cosper goes on to comment that this vision, quote, is pretty subversive and runs against the chest-thumping, guns-blazing imagery that is all too common in American evangelicalism, end of quote. The desire expressed here is for a renewal of the church that calls for us to rebel against the image of the church as a well-oiled machine and to once again see it as primarily a well-shepherded flock. When David French and Curtis Chang interviewed Cosper on their Good Faith podcast, all three spoke with admiration for the ordinary pastors who make no splash, who simply do their best to show up at hospitals, weddings, and funerals. 
The church, as such a culture, they suggest, is something worth regaining. They say, if we could give American evangelicals a vision of something that is better and more beautiful, I want to think we could win them over to that. But who is giving them that vision? To win American Christians to a better and more beautiful vision of church is worthy of a revolution. But like any revolution, it's dangerous. Rebels sometimes pay a heavy price. To have no grander vision than that of a community in which the weekly rhythms of worship and word take precedence, in which caring for people matters more than the size of one's church, is a radical vision. To lean into smallness, as Cosper at one point puts it, is costly. For pastors fed on the lie that validation comes by the size of one's church, this can feel like death. I know, I die every day. In the end, however, no matter how beautiful the vision may be, Chang and French lament that it's not attainable. The narrative that big is better is currently so deeply a part of the heart of the American consumer that no one person, pastor, or church can change it. But what's not possible in the aggregate is possible in pockets here and there. We pastors with no fame or platform, we peasant pastors, might well devote our lives, die if you will, nurturing sleeper cells that show what the church, even the small church, can be. I challenged my friend to focus on his calling and dream. His passion is not incomplete. We all have the opportunity to give ourselves to pastoring a local congregation and doing it well. God can use, in time, our small, local, and yes, subversive efforts to give for others a vision of something better and more beautiful. Maybe it is impossible, but I'm not sure why that should stop us. Great Hearts Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs, All My Favorite People, and Called Home. And thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found called home. Take a left to loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness called home.